Welcome back to Paranormal, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to Paranormal. I am Nicolina. I'm Marie. And we're your favorite non-investigative but still true story podcast. Yep. And we are here (laughs) with our Hometown Haunts episode. And we're going to do something kind of cool, special, different than our usual Hometown Haunts. Mm -hmm. We decided to go down the subreddit of paranormal encounters and get some stories from some outside sources on their hauntings i tried to gather stories that were very recent Mm -hmm. so these aren't like four-year-old stories these are like two days old so these people are literally like experiencing this right now um and hopefully i don't know if they listen to this podcast or if somebody who uses reddit often enough if you want to check out the paranormal encounters subreddit tag then feel free to let them know that we're covering their stories on this Mm -hmm. episode also Uh, if you don't feel like sleeping ever again definitely Mm -hmm. go down that wormhole because it is terrifying (laughs) yeah there's some pretty crazy stuff on there Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's some that are just like really short blurbs, like people just say like a random thing that they experienced that day, but uh, there were some more in-depth stories. So I am going to be doing a story from Leash underscore Unleashed, and the title of that is Skeptical Mormon Converted to the Paranormal. So these are kind of like, we. I feel like having certain people on this podcast lately has made me go into like the skeptic turned not skeptic road i'm interested to see that transition for some people so this this uh story struck a chord with me so i'm gonna read it now cool all right so leash underscore unleash says so i decided to finally write down and share my experience 21 years ago in a ratty duplex in salt lake city My son was born one week into the new millennium and was really very sick. He was in the hospital for the first six months of his life. I was a young mom, 26, Mormon, stressed because the baby was so sick. We lived in Seattle at the end of 1999 and moved down to SLC on the 30th of December. The move was a bit urgent, so we didn't have the opportunity to find a place to live since I was due on the 5th. The house was just horrible looking. It was older, falling apart. I couldn't believe we were going to live there. After living in Roosevelt and experiencing all the weird shit around the Skinwalker Ranch, I firmly believe in the paranormal. Do you know about this ranch? Have you heard of it? Yeah, I've heard of it. There's like a show on um, the Travel and Explore channel called Mm -hmm. Something Skinwalker Ranch. It's really freaky. Interesting. Okay, Mm -hmm. so my very staunch Mormon husband didn't, though. Within a week after delivering my son and with him in the NICU, I would come home exhausted. When I would go to bed at night, I would hear a baby cry. My husband never heard it and thought it was just depression or something. Finally, one day he got up out of bed to find out what was making the sound of a train in the house. We didn't live anywhere near a train, and he came back confused at where the sound was coming from. The house had a basement with a large living room that had been turned into two bedrooms. The closet for the master just terrified me. I would feel like someone was watching us all the time. 
off the closet, there was a laundry room that was in bad shape and also had a closet and large storage room in the same area. I never went under the stairs, either spiders, which I am absolutely terrified by, or the angry and scary feeling I got whenever I went in to do laundry kept me out. I also had a toddler that was in the other room in the basement. Several things happened in this place. One evening, we couldn't sleep because we kept hearing what sounded like the kids running up the stairs and then it would go quiet. This night, though, included what sounded like a wrestling match upstairs, pounding, running, it just wouldn't stop. My husband flew out of bed and was going to go up and yell at the kids. This was about 2 a.m. He came back white. Our 10-year-old was sound asleep. There was no way he was making that much racket. My toddler's light was on and my husband went in and found him sitting on the floor of his room playing with a black cat. We didn't have a cat. The only one we had, we had to leave behind in Seattle. This really rattled my husband and wasn't the last time our toddler said something about playing with the cat. We had a baby monitor and I would never own one again. I was home alone, I was lazy or something and couldn't be asked to turn off the baby monitor. This particular monitor was very quiet on the receiving end. That static that you hear when someone walks in front of the transmitter multiple times when when home alone with my toddler, I would hear what sounded like something walking in front of the transmitter. After a while of this happening, months I would say, I threw out the monitor and haven't had one since. So after several months of living with this activity, it was never malicious but spooky and very curious in an oppressive kind of way, really kind of a stifling energy, I knocked on the door of our neighbor who we share a basement wall with. Turns out it was just as bad. Oppressive energy in the basement and interacted with them more. It was a bit more aggressive and scarier towards them. We had all kinds of activity in this place and it really seemed to get stronger when my son was home from the hospital. It seemed to prey off of his health. My son ended up getting a transplant at two and every time he was discharged to to home, it ramped up in frequency as well. Our home care nurses and extended family experienced things in this place. By and large, the most haunted place I have been to. Hmm. So... That's that was freaky her experience. I feel like she probably has a lot more in-depth stories that she didn't share and just kind yeah. of glazed over a lot of things, but I've never heard of the Skinwalker Ranch. I feel like we should do an episode on something around that. We should actually. Um it'll be a long one, but we could probably tag team that one and do a like a super long episode on it. Right. So I'm going to do, that one was a little short, so I'm going to do another story um, that kind of struck me. So this one is, um, was posted by Band One, and basically it's called A Few Nursing Home Stories. All of these deal with this time of death of residents. I have more that happened after the person already passed. I will get them posted when I can. I will say first, I do not expect anyone to believe this, as most of it's religious in nature but I hope you can have an open mind as I do to your experiences. If you continue to read as with anything in this sub, it's up to you to decide what you believe. Just remember though, just because you don't believe doesn't mean it's not true. For several years, I worked in a nursing home, starting out as a CNA overnights, ended up as the human resources manager and medical records coordinator. It was a small facility, so everybody did two jobs. But even after I got in the office, the CNAs would come ask me for help from time to time if they get behind or were shorthanded or whatever. 
One thing I always got to help with was our final duties as someone was passing away or had just passed away because I was not bothered by dead bodies. I went in to help with one lady as they had determined she had only a few minutes left. I won't go into detail as to why that was decided, but you can tell. Now, sometimes people will fool you and get right to the final moments and then just perk right back up. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) This lady had been comatose for about four days, completely unresponsive to any stimuli. Her breathing was, well, if you've ever been there at the end, you know what I'm talking about. So I'm packing up her belongings. Her kids had decided to go get coffee as they didn't want to be there at the end. Oh, that's really sad. That's really sad and kind of weird that you wouldn't want that. The girl I was helping had walked out to get some supplies when suddenly this lady raised both arms in the air, something she had not been able to do for several hours. Then she started screaming with joy. Mama, Daddy, Florence. Her sister had passed away 20 years earlier. Then she said, Oh, how beautiful it is. I knew it would be, but this is beyond what I imagined. I've been asked how I remember all that she said. Let me tell you, if you've ever been in that situation, you will never forget. As soon as she said, imagined, I heard her take that last deep breath and exhale. Her arms fell and she was dead. Right then, about four people came came running into the room. They had heard her scream and understood what she said and came to see what was going on. Two more times I was in the room when a resident that was passing and had basically been brain dead for, for several days would sit up and speak with joy as they were welcomed home. But it was the last one that still gives me chills almost 30 years later. This time I walked into the room to help the CNA. With me and her both in the room, this man had been unresponsive for almost a week and had been a horrible person in life. He was mean. He cussed everyone that came in the room. He tried to hit anyone that came close to his bed. His wife left him years before because he would beat her and rape her. Oh my God. His his two sons had not spoken to him since they were six or seven because he beat them. He spent time in jail a couple different times for different reasons. Anyway, so I hadn't been in the room a full minute when he became increasingly restless. He then started saying, it's getting hot in here. One of you bitches turn on the air conditioner. Then he began to get louder and louder when he suddenly sat up in bed, screaming at the top of his lungs, I'm on fire. Somebody help. I'm on fire. Then he said, and this is the chilling part. Oh, fuck. No, not here. I'm not here. Oh, God, save me. I didn't mean to act that way. Please forgive me. Don't send me here. Oh, God, I'm sorry. Then he said, fuck you, God. Then immediately fell back to bed. This whole time I was standing there looking back and forth between him and the CNA. As soon as everything was over, she ran out of the room screaming and refused to get anywhere close to his body after that. Oh my God. I said a prayer for him, even though I knew it would do no good. It was too late. He had made his decision to reject God. I still wake up in a cold sweat all these years later. As I said in the beginning, I don't really expect anyone to believe this, especially those who have rejected religion. That's okay. I don't need you to believe me, but we can still be friends. Oh my God. Holy shit. That is terrifying. (laughs) That is, those are two really interesting, great stories. Oh my gosh. I think a good time to take a break as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's just take a quick little break and then we'll come back with Marie's, Marie's stories.
and we're back. So, Marie, do you have any thoughts on that last story? I feel like uh, uh, we need to talk about it a little just, bit. Just absolutely terrified, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> that's just one of my greatest fears uh, that, like, I think I'm a good person and then I, I die and I find out, no, you were actually shit and now you're going to spend eternity uh, burning. So, um, but, but I mean... I really need to stop making fun of children's, like, people's children. <laughs> That starts today. If anyone provokes uh, me to make fun of a child, listen, I, I want to go to heaven. I truly believe that um, things like beating your children or like like he said, raping mm. his wife uh, might have been more. Those are just more, terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, a terrifying story. Uh, uh, it's weird. Like half of me is like well you deserved it and half of me feels empathetic because um because he's a human still like a, a horrible human a, a terrible person but still mm-hmm. a person um but i feel not not super empathetic i want everyone to know i don't really um like i don't feel bad for him because of the things he's done i just feel bad for like from a human st- I don't know how to describe it from a human to human standpoint I guess yeah but, like I mean I feel like like if you almost just like what a what a shame you were such a shitty person that's kind of what I feel totally totally <laughs> yeah. what a shame that you didn't realize that being a shitty person was actually going to impact you the thing is I feel like some people want to be good people because they're not selfish and they just want to be good people and then there's yeah. other people who are good people because they want to be rewarded and I think that's yes like there's a difference between that and he obviously didn't care about getting rewarded or didn't believe in it and yeah he just falls in this bucket of those people who just want just want to be rewarded I uh hope that I fall into the first category of people who do good because they want to do good um I think so because based on like even just like my work uh I'm always like the greatest part of like my job is when somebody's like oh thank you you made this easier you were really helpful like I just like helping people so um I mean I hope I hope that means I'm getting it not not just for that but I hope I'm getting a ticket to a good afterlife <laughs> anyway you're on your way yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> if I'm not allowed to stay here and haunt people then I want the ticket to the good place <laughs> all right Fair so enough. This story was posted by Important Caramel 8152 and the title is Thoughts Maybe I'm Haunted. Okay, so my first apartment in Chicago, I had two roommates. Myself and one worked during the day and our third was an IT man and could work remotely, so he was home mostly. One day we were hanging out in the living room, just vibing. Casually he says to me very calmly, Sometimes when you guys are gone and I'm here, I can see shadows moving in and out of your bedroom. Nope. Uh, Fast forward. A year goes by and an apartment becomes available in the front of the building. For reference, the building is old and owned by my third roommate's grandparents. However, his granddad had passed, leaving only his grandmother as owner. So I'm able to secure the front apartment. This is where things really begin to take a turn. Very small occurrences at first. Ceiling fan would turn on by itself. Objects would be moved or rearranged. Example would be that I would leave my shoes in the hallway, go to sleep and wake up the next day to find only one shoe in the hall and the other one in another room facing an odd direction. Yes, I am alone in this unit. 
Other occurrences had food moved from the fridge to the countertop like it was about to be prepared, but I hadn't taken anything out. It didn't get scary until I was given a uh, gently used mattress that had been stowed in the basement by a previous occupant, completely wrapped and barely used. First or second night after moving it into my unit, I awoke one night due to the sensation that I was being watched. I could look out into the hallway from the bed, nothing but darkness except the distinct body chill of sensing a presence. However, this seemed very malevolent, heavy. I just remember crawling under my covers, freezing in fear until I must have eventually fallen back asleep. I woke up the the next day to nothing unusual. That night, I was getting ready for my shift for work. I had closed my apartment door and had stepped into the vestibule. No sooner as I had shut and locked the deadbolt, three loud raps against the door coming from inside of my apartment. I jumped back so quick, hurried out of my building to work. After my shift, which was at 2 a.m. or so, I had told a coworker of mine about the event and asked for them to accompany me home, just to check things out. Once I had returned to my apartment and opened the door, all the lights were off except for the ceiling fan in the living room running full blast even though it was off when I had left. Nothing strange happened after that until my friend moved into the living room of the apartment. One morning, we both found the door to the apartment completely stuck. It would not budge. We could not open it no matter how hard we tried, and so we had to go out the the fire escape. I was off that day and didn't have anywhere to be, so I stayed in, and I let my super know. During the middle of the afternoon, I was just playing on my computer when, seemingly out of nowhere, I heard the door just come ajar. I inspected it, and yes, it was open as if it had never been stuck. My super didn't even touch it and never ended up having to come and check it out. So time continues and I move back into my old unit with uh, one of my former roommates. Our IT guy had moved since I had last been in that unit and we got a new dude who seems cool. Never met our previous roommate uh, in between jobs. So they're at home while the two of us are working. You can see where this may be going. Anyway, we're just hanging out and very coolly and concerned. He says to me, I don't want to scare you, but when you're at work, I can hear and see shadows moving around in your room. I think something attached itself to me as small things still occur from time to time, even though I'm not living in that building anymore. So two different people that they lived with were like, I see shadows moving around in your room. Yikes. So I have another one because that one I felt was a bit short as well. So this other one was posted by Schmidt's Streak and um, it has a follow up at the end. So that's always a great sign. Uh, So theirs was called A Face in the Window. Anyone else have an experience similar or know what it could be? I guess I had a better I had better give a little backstory. I'm sure many people have had paranormal experiences from a young age. Mine mostly started after moving to a tiny town. I was in grade six when my family moved there. They must be from the UK or Canadian because they say grade six. Nothing too crazy happened there, though. I saw some eyes in my room in the basement once or twice, saw some curtains move on their own, but that was kind of it. Fast forward to 2010, living with my sister in a different little town. No other paranormal experiences since that one house back around 2000. I'm home alone, my sister is gone for the weekend, and I'm sitting in the living room playing guitar. 
out of the corner of my eye, I suddenly see a face watching me from the porch window. And as soon as I turn my head to look directly at it, yes, it's gone. I decided it was my eyes playing tricks and I just kept playing guitar. Suddenly, the face is there again. And once again, nope, shit in my pants. Yeah. yeah. But the second time I'm gone, I again kept playing, but this time kept my head slightly more towards the window so I could focus without turning my head. Sure enough, it appears again and I am able to clearly see a gray face. Not much for hair, skin looks leathery and wrinkled, and it is smiling disturbingly oh at me. Oh my god. Oh no. My god. No. Oh my god, okay. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm terrified. At this point, I storm over to the window, suspecting it's a friend with a creepy mask. No, it was not. As soon as I turned my head, it went away again, though. So I flick the light on, and I see nothing. It's winter, so I go out the front door with my boots on. From the shoveled walk, I look, but seeing no one to blame, I cross the fresh snow to the stairs going to my second-story porch, and there are no footprints on the stairs or by the window when I climb up. Has anyone else seen a face like that? I live in the Canadian prairies. Okay, I was right about Canada. Um, So there could certainly be ties to a native culture, or maybe it's something I picked up somewhere else. My family is religious, including my sister I was living with, but I'm not a practicing Christian, if that's any bearing. I also have more stories if anyone cares to read them, but this was my most terrifying experience at this point. So That is absolutely terrifying. (laughs) Uh, then they write another, like they wrote like a new story. So they also wrote, I wanted to talk about my first paranormal experience today. My family is an RCMP family. So we move every three or four years for different postings. We had just moved to a tiny town and we were in government housing for the RCMP there. We had lived there for three years and I completed grades six to eight in a school in a nearby town. Both me and my brother slept in the unfinished basement, our walls made from collapsed cardboard boxes and curtains as we weren't allowed to put up real walls. We always got the creeps in the basement, we had a TV with our N64 and PlayStation, and at night you would feel like you were being watched as we were playing games and hear shuffling on the painted cement floor, but you never saw anything more than a quick shadow from the corner of your eye. I had crazy nightmares in this house as well. I would wake up thinking someone was trying to kill me and I would have other dreams about real life at school that I believe came true. Deja vu was a common feeling those years. One night though, I stayed up later than usual, laying on my stomach and reading in bed with my lamp on. I remember putting my book down and turning off the lamp. As I rolled over onto my back, I could see two glowing eyes in the darkness. They were at the foot of my bed and right beside my door. Before I could move or yell, it went through my curtain doorway, leaving it swaying like there had been a gust of wind. The thing didn't run. It almost looked like it levitated or flew. I was frozen in fear in my bed, knowing this thing was somewhere in the darkness between my room and the stairs. I must have yelled without realizing it, though, as my mom suddenly appeared in my doorway asking what happened. 
I'm not sure exactly what it was. One of my ex-girlfriends is First Nations, and she speculated that it was caused by some form of bad medicine put on the government housing by a nearby community, but there's really no way of knowing for sure, and I admittedly don't have much knowledge about bad medicine and First Nations practices. Let me know what you think of the story and any theories on what I saw is welcome as well. I have more stories to share as well, and we'll try to post another soon. Um, I will say when you said glowing eyes, it's actually glowing red eyes. Which oh, is even sorry. More frightening. That's okay. Yes. I just <laughs> wanted to highlight that. that yes. It wasn't like, but not just eyes, glowing red eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Terrifying. That gray yeah. face one is like. The gray uh, face, that's etched into my memory now. Yeah, yes. Oh my God. I'm picturing, I can't remember what this character is from. They're like, oh man, I wish I could remember now. But I'm picturing the witch in Snow White. The old, the, the cartoon up. witch in oh, Snow White. Different for me, but, but like mm. I'm picturing like a bald man with like a gray face but not lord voldemort he had more of like a chubby face and not oh. uncle fester from the adams family i'm gonna say a cross between oh. uncle fester and voldemort but i can't remember what movie this thing was from anyway yeah that's that's <laughs> petrifying i yeah. i genuinely and like the vividness of that description was just really just <laughs> yes yeah they were really good at writing that good job well um Guys, that is another Hometown Haunts episode down. Those are six stories. Um, I feel like we should go down this rabbit hole uh, yes. more. I think so too. potentially reach out to some of these people writers. and ask if they want to come on and talk to us. I'd be down. Mm-hmm. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I have no creepy dreams to share with you other than the one that I shared with you this morning, which wasn't creepy, just... I also Hilarious. don't have any creepy dreams for you. Um, I forget. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Your dream from this morning. That was hilarious. Yeah. I was cackling at it. <laughs> I had a dream that someone gave me a Valentine's Day gift with a picture of them as like a child um, in like a card. And they were not like someone that I was with. They just gave me this massive it was like it was like an eight by ten portrait of themselves as a child now i'm and gonna it was do that for some for reason you. valentine's day i feel like for your birthday i'm gonna frame i'm gonna get glamour shots of myself done and get like a really pretty frame and give that to you for your birthday i'm gonna hang it over my couch i've been looking for some art for over perfect perfect oh my gosh well if anyone listening has any uh paranormal stories that they want to share with us to be read on the next hometown haunt or on a future hometown haunt you can email them to us at paranormalpod at gmail.com or you can follow us on instagram and dm them to us it's at paranormalpod and uh until next week you guys just keep staying spooky yeah because that showbiz baby (laughs) bye (laughs) bye if you like this episode of paranormal we need your help remember to rate review and subscribe to us on apple and if you listen to us on spotify go ahead and click the follow button even better you can donate to us on patreon where you can access bonus content and members only merch To support your favorite spooky duo, go to patreon.com slash paranormalpod. And for show updates and giveaways, be sure to follow us on Instagram at paranormalpod. And remember, stay 
Stay Stay spooky. spooky.